Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to this week's episode of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without Moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan and his own return in summer 2023. I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of your time today, and I truly hope this podcast will find you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we could all use a beacon like this in our lives to help guide us during these times, and my hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning Lost Without listener, thank you again for your time and returning once more. As always, the advertising I include in my shows is done for free and is to help promote the friends of the show that we have interviewed in the past. If you'd like to help the show and its goals, you can join the show's Patreon as I work toward my goal of getting an additional person to the staff to help edit the show, which would allow for more content and episodes each month. If you're unable to help financially, I would appreciate so much you sharing the show with friends and family that you think might enjoy our interviews and day trip ideas. Let's start today's show on Sapporo with some positive mental imagery, and let's imagine that today is the time for you to make your way to the next stop in Japan. Before your train, plane, or bus leaves from Hakone, remember to double check that you have all of your luggage, passport, and phone with you before you get out of the Lost Without Japan rideshare. You have made it, and today is the day that you're going to continue your journey through Japan. As you're ready for leaving the Hakone Yumoto Station and boarding the Hakone Tozan Railway en route to your flight from Tokyo Haneda Airport, we will be taking off from there for our final destination of Sapporo. Go ahead and take a few deep breaths and come along with your tour group as we make sure your journey to Sapporo is as wonderful as possible whether it's your first trip or your return trip to this wonderful city, so that we can help make sure that you're making your very own Lost Without moment. As you pass through the ticket gate, make sure to stay with your tour group, and let's see how your preparations for your next trip are going. Remember, you can always reach out to the show at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or lostwithoutjapan on Instagram. As always, remember you can access the show's Google document with information on Japan and past shows in the description of today's show. I want to give a quick shout out to David, one of the show's Patreon members, whose membership allowed for his suggestion for today's trip to Sapporo. If you would like to also support the show and possibly suggest and vote on future show topics, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon. As always, today's stamp to take you directly to part one of a two-part talk on Sapporo can be found in the notes for this show. Truly, I feel lucky that we have each other on this journey, and I'm looking forward to both of us supporting each other's dreams and goals. 
Before pulling into Sapporo Station, let's move on to today's show and learn a little bit about the city of Sapporo, Japan's northernmost capital city of Hokkaido. Sapporo is known outside of Japan for its snowtime activities and festivals, but it truly has so much more to offer. For those of you from abroad, you may notice that navigating this city is a bit easier than others you may visit as it has a rectangular street system. The city is most famous for having hosted the 1972 Winter Olympics. It also has the Sapporo Beer Museum and an annual snow festival that held in February, but also the Sapporo Olympic Museum, as well as a great viewing point from the Okurama Ski Jump Stadium. Due to its location and distance from Tokyo, it's not normally a part of most people's first trip to Japan plans. But hopefully after today's talk, you'll give it a second thought and expand your next visit to include this city. Sapporo is a great short trip from the outskirts of Hakodate, but if you're visiting Japan for two weeks or less, it should really be traveled by plane as to not lose a day for travel. From Tokyo, you can look to have anywhere from five to seven hours with flight or around 11 hours by train and ferry. Sapporo is located in the Hakone Prefecture of Japan. Sapporo is currently the fifth largest city in Japan with a population of almost 2 million. I know that most of our travel group will arrive in Sapporo from Hokone. Leaving from Hokone and departing from either Narita or Haneda Airport will have a total cost of around $240, not taking into account the JRL Pass, which is cheaper than using the train and ferry alone, which will run you over $300 at a minimum and add an additional three hours to your trip. Driving and ferry would result in a trip of around 21 hours and add an additional cost of lodging, gas, and tolls to your trip. For the rest of our group that's traveling directly from Tokyo, Sapporo ends up being around a four to five and a half hour trip by plane, depending on the length of layover from Tokyo's Haneda Airport for a range of $200 to $400. By car, it's around 20 hours, Shinkansen and ferry around eight and a half hours, and by bus and train around 18 and a half hours. Being that there are so many different options, I truly feel that it is more convenient to fly to Sapporo. And a little bit later in the show, I'm going to share something for those of you that don't live in Japan that could greatly reduce the price of this for you. I'm going to have a sample itinerary depart from Tokyo's Haneda Airport that will have you arrive in the Sapporo Okudame Airport after only two and a half hours for the quickest flight in a range of $300 to $450, depending on the dates you select. For the purpose of today's show, we're going to be focusing on Thursday, January 19th as our main date for our trip. One other option is flying from Narita Airport. You're just arriving in Japan, and you could end up saving yourself a bit of money on your flight as a ticket through Jetstar Japan runs around $80, with one check piece of luggage or around $200 through JAL, which will arrive in New Chitos Airport. And then we would end up having you take a train for $8 for a 35-minute trip that covers six stops to Sapporo Junior Station. Either Narita or Haneda Airport will allow you to take advantage of the luggage agent luggage service with two pieces of luggage from airport to your hotel, costing around $77 
either Narita or Haneda Airport will allow you to take advantage of the luggage agent luggage service with two pieces of luggage costing you around $77.90 and allowing you to get insurance for up to $500 or $1,000 for just $9 more. Each additional bag beyond the two adds a total of $10 to the cost of them delivering your luggage directly to your next location. And if you're traveling in a group, might just help to have you all do it together and save yourself an additional $77.90. One additional perk is the site is completely in English and offers GPS tracking of your luggage. Make sure to book this service in advance though, as they require a minimum of 72 hours advanced notice to be able to book. Night buses pick up from the Tokyo Grand Hotel with arrival in Sapporo. Adults are around 8,200 yen, with kids around 4,400, which will get you a single seat and a three-row seat aboard Willer Express buses available to book through willerexpress.com, link provided later in the show notes. Sapporo is about the size of Hong Kong and is located in Japan's northernmost prefecture and is known by many as a great winter destination. This is so much so that the city is actually in the process of petitioning for the 2030 Winter Olympics. Because of its location, many feel that within Sapporo, you truly get a feel for all four seasons, with a mild and humidity-free summer, and then the complete opposite in winter, where snowfall can easily exceed 5 meters or 16 and a half feet. For many looking to explore more of Japan than just the typical golden route of Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka, Sapporo is a great add-on when you look to explore northern Japan. I have found most of my time to this point being spent in central and southern Japan, and while researching this city, I know I've been missing out. There's truly not a part of Japan I don't want to explore and feel that summer 2024, when I return by myself, that I will really look to spend as much time outside of Tokyo, Osaka, and Kyoto as I can so that I can have some new adventures and try to find a second happy place outside of Hiroshima. If you're visiting in 2023, you can experience much more than Sapporo's Winter Festival, and that's going to be the focus of our next episode. In October, you can either enjoy the Sapporo Marathon, the Sapporo International Short Film Festival and Market, or the Sapporo City Jazz Festival in November. You can enjoy the Sapporo White Illumination Festival, Chrysanthemum Festivals, also in June, and you can even get by with fireworks in July, one of my favorite experiences to behold in Japan. In August, the surrounding area of Sapporo, you can even enjoy camping and a concert with the Rising Sun Rock Festival in Inzo, which is just a 30-minute, 600-yen train adventure away. Now, of course, these are not the only festivals that take place in Sapporo and the surrounding area. Often there are multiple festivals each month, so make sure to look ahead before you book, and you might find something that you didn't think you were going to be doing after perusing this site. I will include a link to the show notes that cover these festivals at Sapporo Travel. Sapporo Station truly is the central hub of Sapporo and is a great starting point for both the city and the areas around it. With the size of the city, you are truly spoiled when it comes to navigating it, 
and you can enjoy either Hokkaido intercity bus for 6,000 yen for three days or 9,000 yen for five days. That is for select cities with Hokkaido and the Hokkaido budget pass covering all of Hokkaido for just 11,000 yen for three days or 17,000 yen for five days for its buses. One truly wonderful offer I have not heard discussed on another podcast or YouTube show is the JAL Explorer Pass that's offered to people living outside of Japan. A link for this will be provided in our show notes and in the show's resource document. But I used it to check out our next June for myself from Tokyo to Hiroshima and saw that prices began around $81 US, which was a great deal less than what I had just Googled for flights from that same location. From Tokyo to Sapporo, it dropped the price from three to $400 all the way down to around $100 for starting cost. I truly plan on taking full advantage of this service on my next trip. Before we start talking about today's day trip, I want to give a quick shout out to Road Bike Rental Japan provides cycling solutions to those wishing to go cycling or bike touring in Japan. With nationwide delivery options available, you can explore even more of Japan on two wheels and at your own pace. More details of all that RB, RJ services can be found on roadbikerentaljapan.com. And if interested, you can go back to our interview. It was a wonderful time. The Google Doc for the show that includes a map link for the locations covered in today's show are included in the notes for those of you that will like to follow along. We're going to use the middle of January to give you potential lodging costs. And as I said earlier, today's format was definitely inspired by our last talk on Hakone. And I really wanted to give you the option of just following our talk today from beginning to end, a whole day laid out for your enjoyment. As usual, I went ahead and spent the day prior in Sapporo and I have a travel itinerary with some other honorable mentions for you to pull from for your visit today. For this episode, we're going to be focusing on Sapporo in January and then follow up with an episode about Sapporo and the Snow Festival in February, later next month. The city and the surrounding areas truly have something to offer year-round, though, and who knows, a little bit later down the line, I truly see a three-part Sapporo talk in our future. I usually like to grab something to eat before I begin exploring a new city or check into my lodging. And for those of you beginning your journey with me today at Sapporo Station, we'll begin it by storing our luggage in the station's coin lockers. Don't worry, if you're arriving in Sapporo at Shin Sapporo Station and are utilizing the Shinkansen and your JRL Pass, fortunately for you, it's only a nine minute trip from that station with just two stops if you're able to get the rapid transfer between the two stations. Coin lockers, range in price from small lockers for three to 400 yen, medium lockers for four to 500 yen, or large lockers from five to 700 yen. Size ranges for the small lockers are 30 centimeters in width, 50 centimeters in depth, and 30 centimeters in height, with large lockers going all the way up to 40 centimeters for width, 60 centimeters for depth, and 120 centimeters for height. There's always the option of taking advantage of a luggage service as well to get your things from this spot to your hotel or lodging and have it just be waiting for you on your arrival. 
I truly feel that we've found a very unique activity for your time in Sapporo. But before we head out to that, we need to make sure that we have a full stomach and maybe a little additional warmth as we are going to be heading out for ice fishing, which is my first experience with this. And for many of you, I bet your first as well. You know, it's funny how I can pick an activity that I could do here in the Chicagoland area and have no interest of it, but you just put it halfway around the world, place that in Japan, and you have me first in line. In order to warm us up and have a full stomach, we're going to be looking at sukiya. For those of you traveling from outside of Japan, sukiya would not be what you would normally consider for your breakfast, but it is something to enjoy. So just in case our fishing adventure strikes out today and we won't be sampling our catch, this location is going to make sure that we do so and are completely full while this happens. This location does have a menu that when viewed in Google can be translated into English. And it's really convenient as it's open 24 hours a day. So no matter when you arrive, you can easily begin your trip here before heading out for your day. I am planning for you to get to this location around 7.15 a.m. so that you'll have plenty of time to make it back to Sapporo Station to be picked up at 9 a.m. by our ice fishing group that I booked through HokkaidoExperience.com. For those of you looking to be picked up from your hotel, in Sapporo, they offer that option as well. For those of you not looking to join us on the ice today for ice fishing, feel free to look at the show's honorable mentions to fill your morning and activities until the group arrives back in Sapporo Station around 1.40 p.m. Also, you may choose to give less time for gap between eating and meeting with your group, but on time is late in Japan. So I'd find a comfy spot to relax and make sure that you have all that you need to stay warm. Sapporo Station is quite large and truly offers so much. Take note though, traversing through this can take some time, especially during rush hour times. For our trip, we're going to be looking for the Namboku line from the local Makonami that departs from Platform 1, which is near a Lawson's that's inside the station. If you need a water or something else for your day, that train will be departing at 7.07 a.m. and run a straight shot all the way to N06 in just one minute arriving at Adori Station, where it's just going to be a two-minute walk to Sukiya, which should get you to there around 7.10 with plenty of time to make your way back. Now that we have arrived at Sukiya, let's get a little bit more information as to what you can enjoy for your meal today. Suki is a large chain restaurant that has over 2,000 locations and offers a wide range of sizes for your meals to make sure that you, you know, can get away with not eating for the rest of the day. If you choose the mega size, it offers five times the meat and a larger amount of rice that comes with the typical order. You can also thankfully go for less rice as an option and a less rice and less meat option for those of you that want to feel like you're in a food coma. For me today, I'm going to go with gyodon, which is what they are best known for. And I'm going to add three types of melted cheese on top because, you know, why not? Gyodon, for those of you that don't know, is a beef and onion dish over rice. The price range for the one I've chosen is from 510 yen for the mini all the way up to 1,030 yen for the largest option. Being that it's breakfast and I don't want to be, you know, asleep while we're fishing today, I'm going one size up 
more than normal. For sides, you can add salad, miso soup, tofu, and egg. And if you have kids with you, for just an additional 220 yen, you could add a juice box, fruit, and small prize. You can also have curry and beef meals with price ranges from 390 up to 790 yen. You can have pork kabaki bowls from 640 yen to 1,040 yen. And if you want a more typical breakfast, you can even get a slice of bacon, egg, and a rice bowl with miso soup. And if you want to go very Japanese for your breakfast and be a little bit adventurous, you can get natto and a fish meal, which is fermented soybeans and truly an acquired taste I have not been able to arrive at yet. But for 360 to 420 yen, it is a great option for those of you looking to be a budget traveler. One other option for breakfast that is also a very typical Japanese breakfast is a uncooked egg with hot rice miso soup for 320 yen to 380 yen. Just crack that egg over the rice, stir it up, and off you go. Honestly, the second option of an egg over rice is way more appetizing than you would think and can easily be my choice for the day for breakfast if I wasn't going to be stuck on the ice for four hours today. If you haven't figured it out already, yes, when I'm traveling, I do think about being full <laughs> and just eating all the different things I can. If you're looking to enjoy these, though, it's important to know that the breakfast sets are served from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. daily. The children's beef bowl meal is with fruit and a juice box and has 450 yen and lets you choose between apple or grape juice. For us older kids, we can get lattes, soda, kalpas, tea, beer, both alcoholic and non, as well as pudding and ice cream for dessert. Reviews mention an English menu at each location as well, and it's located near the train station and a mall, so it can get pretty busy. Now that we're full, we can head back and get ready to head out to fish. There's an 823 train station that departs Odori Station on Platform 2 of the Namboku Line via the local Asabu train. We'll get us back to Sapporo Station at our stop in just two minutes, with plenty of time to get back to the main entrance. Japan is truly one of those places I want to experience as many different things as possible. And I feel that what we're going to be doing today will provide you with just that. If you're listening to this show, I bet more than a few of you would feel the same about doing something a little different. And it's truly fortunate that those of you that don't want to do four hours have many different offerings to pick from and can really adjust the hours of fishing to be what you're looking for. They also offer morning and afternoon. Just be careful for those of you booking your experience that you're actually booking for Sapporo, as there are different cities that are taken into account as well through this site. Price ranges for this experience range from 8,000 to 10,000 yen per person. For the 10,000 yen option, of course I had to see why the price difference, but they do offer pickup and drop off from JR Sapporo Station, a lunch on the ice. Maybe hearing this now, I'm going to cut back on my meals to that regular portion after all. And a free use of snow pants and snowshoes with a guide to help you learn how to fish. This particular options link will be provided in the show notes as well. And it does say the guide will offer instructions in simple English and lists the size of the different clothing as they do offer sizing, but it is Japanese, so make sure that it's something you can use. I'll make sure to have my own. 
They do not have snow clothes for kids, but you can get a stool and a tent and a fishing tackle and be off on your adventure. Luckily, all of this is paid for by credit card through a URL address that they will provide. The day for the morning in your itinerary goes something like this. 9.05, meet at Sapporo Station's north exit. 9.15, they depart. And 9.45, arrive at the river and change clothes. At 10.15 and through 12, as you're catching, you'll end up tasting what you catch. And in this case, it'd be smelt fish tempura. 12.15 to 1 is going to be a lunch of beefsteak and get you back to at JR Sapporo Station for the rest of our day at 1.40 p.m. The nice thing about this option is you're back with a full day of activities ahead for yourself. For those of you not making up to Sapporo, there's also an option near Tokyo and could really be a nice getaway retreat to recharge those batteries if you are like I that need a break after a while from so many people, please feel free to explore that as well. After getting back to the station at 1.40 p.m., we're meeting back up with the rest of our group, and we're going to make our way to another great experience and make our own soba noodles from scratch at a legit soba shop, Mondo, for just 5,000 yen, which is about $36.92 at the moment of recording, And I'm going to leave a bit of time for a restroom break, grab a coffee, a tea, before we board our 2.13 p.m. Rapid Airport, 1.35, Rapid Oturu from Platform 2 of our station, and stop at ID01 with the Hokkaido Railway Company, where we will exit at Kotoni Station and walk to where we will exit at the Kotoni Station and walk to the Kotoni Station. Free Joe to Chome bus stop. We will take the 2.23 p.m. number 38 bus towards Miyasoa Station, where we will exit on the seventh stop at the Sumi 6 Joe 9 Chrome bus stop that puts us on the correct side of the street and in just a one-minute walk from our destination, where we will be there around 2.35. This location is near the Sapporo Subway Tozai Line for the Miyano Soa station, which is only three minutes by foot. It does have two parking lots in the front of the store if you're able to drive. And for this experience, we're going to be making our soba from scratch by mixing buckwheat flour. And then we'll get to roll it out and even cut the noodles. And of course, the best part of this whole thing, eating what we made. They do provide support in Japanese and English. The actual soba time experience of making it is about 30 minutes with the additional 30 to 40 minutes of time allowing you to enjoy what you've had. For those of you traveling with families, you'll enjoy knowing that any age is welcome and there are quite a few cute pictures of families that are having a blast doing so. We'll provide the link for this with everything you need to know, but many of the reviews mention as well that you could book directly with the location as members of the restaurant speak both English and Japanese. Sounds like at least enough to book what you need to do. This should put us about 4 p.m. with plenty of time to head towards our lodging for our stay. Possibly a quick stop and enjoy our hotel spa and just drop off our things after we are checked in and enjoy the rest of Sapporo for our day. 
For our group, I have chosen the JR Tower Hotel Nico Sapporo, which rates at a 4.0 of 5 with over 1,959 reviews. Not only is it close to Sapporo Station, but depending on your floor, it has some pretty wonderful views of the area. Please be super careful, though, when booking. If you choose to go elsewhere, then our recommended places and really comb through the reviews prior to your day. I had another place in mind that had a great total review rating, but looking through by current reviews instead of just the relevant ones, saw that there'd an issue of cleanliness had popped up, and I'm not one to badmouth locations um, on my show. I'm a positive person. But if you're looking to book and just want to make sure that you're not booking with this location, reach out to me and I'll happily share uh, what it is. The hotel is directly connected to Sapporo Station and its site has an option for a variety of languages, including English. And they will even accept your luggage prior to your check-in, allowing you to avoid that locker usage if you choose to. Check-in is 3 p.m. with checkout by 11 a.m the following day. If they can accommodate a later checkout or an earlier check-in, there will be an additional charge for this. The building for the hotel is the tallest one in Sapporo, and the rooms for this location take up the 23rd through the 34th floor. Moderate pricing for those rooms that are in the lower 23rd to 30th areas are at one rate with the executive rooms with floors 31 through 34 at a higher one. Moderate rooms and also your executive rooms include Wi-Fi, a LAN connection, a safety deposit box, refrigerator, kettle, shampoo, soap, toothpaste, and toothbrush, razors, and even a deodorizing spray for your clothes. Executive floors give you a better view and a bathrobe for your stay, and for those of you traveling with young kids, a baby bath and children's step stool, and even a rail for the bed if they are available. They also offer room service of light meals and beverages between 6.30 p.m. and 10, and you can even get an in-room massage as long as it ends before 1 a.m. Massages range in length from 40 minutes up to 2 hours with a price range of 4,900 yen to 13,700 yen or $37 to $102. The spa is located on the 22nd floor and uses natural hot spring water brought up from 1,000 meters below ground. Yes, even in a city like this, you can get the natural hot spring waters for your enjoyment. For hotel guests, it's a 1,800 yen visit or 2,960 yen if you decide to stay elsewhere and look at this and decide you want to participate. From 6 to 9 a.m., it is exclusive to just hotel guests. And then it closes and reopens at noon and stays open till 11 p.m. They do provide shampoo, conditioner, soap, lotion, makeup remover, and a hairdryer, all provided for free. The rooms for this location will be small if you've not stayed at a Japanese hotel before, but if you have, they will seem completely normal by the time you leave Japan. Moderate rooms for the middle of January for a single guest start at 19,917 yen for a single bed or a double bedroom for 26,175 yen. If you're going to up that for the executive view in double room, it's 35,105 yen. 
or 43,905 yen for a twin bedroom on those executive floors. All rooms look to be non-smoking and you can look to add on for your stay breakfast at an additional cost of 5,000 yen. So for me at least, I'd probably be looking around the hotel at something else and save just a little bit as that is a little bit excessive for me. But hey, if you're looking to go all out and enjoy all this location has to offer, I can't fault you in any way, shape, or form. The spas are divided up between men and women, and you'll need to shower and clean yourself before using that hot spring bath, the jacuzzi, or the sauna. There are 22 cubicles for your shower and lockers for your shoes and items such as your clothes. But I would keep everything important in your room except for some cash that you could use for the cafe or if you decide an additional massage. It's important to know well that tattoos are not allowed for visitors and they will not allow for someone to come in if you are drunk or under the influence of alcohol. So save your fun and partying for after this relaxation. For female visitors, you can enjoy spa treatment and even a haircut as well. I'd recommend calling ahead to set up a massage or your spa treatment so you don't miss out, as I'm sure that these schedules fill up. There are various massages that are available in length and offerings from 6,920 yen to 16,650 yen for the men's VIP executive relaxation massage. The building also has a French restaurant on the ninth floor with lunch courses ranging from 5,500 yen to 12,000 yen per person and a dinner course from 9,300 yen to 20,000 yen. There's also a restaurant and a sky bar on the 35th floor that has a great view and offers a breakfast buffet of 3,080 yen between 6.30 a.m. and 10. A lunch buffet for 2,800 yen between 11.30 and 3.30, with last orders taken before 2.30, and various dinner courses from 5,500 yen and 11,000 between 5.30 p.m. and 8.30 p.m., with last orders taken an hour before closing as well. You can choose to enjoy the bar at this location as well, with wine starting at 750 yen a glass or 3,800 yen a bottle, with other cocktails starting at 1,100 yen, a glass from 8.30 to 10.30 p.m., with a cover charge of 800 yen per person. Perhaps we'll run into each other there as I enjoy a glass of whiskey at the end of our day. There are some additional places as well on the website for the tower, so you can look into those as well if you so choose. Our reservation is set for six, so we're boarding a Sapporo station at the Namboku Line local Asabu line on platform two for a two-minute stop that will take us to stop N06 for a cost of 210 yen. From the stop at Kitajunu Station, we're just a four-minute walk to our reservation for tonight that's located in front of Hokkaido University. After checking in, getting settled in a quick shower, and a change of clothes, I mean, let's face it, we were fishing for today, <laughs> And maybe a moment of relaxation in that hot spring I talked about just a moment ago. We're going to head out and enjoy our dinner in Sapporo. And all that Sapporo has to offer for a night. For our meal, we're going to be heading out to enjoy Japanese soup curry at Picante Soup Curry. 
which is a cash-only establishment with a rating of 4.3 out of 5 and more than 1,100 reviews for a location that has been serving up soup curry for more than 20 years. This meal will help warm us back up and get us ready to continue our fun and exploration. Parking lot is only four spaces, so I'd not count on that being available if you drive. The reviews on this location often mention people waiting outside before they open, saying that there could be as many as eight people in front of them or more. The restaurant has 30 seats available for its customers, and this location allows you to choose from one of three different types of curry and then add on a spicy level between one and five. But I would really urge caution though, when you choose your spicy level above anything like truly at two, <laughs> with some people saying that even one felt hot. You can expect to spend 1,000 to 2,000 yen in total for your meal, depending on what you get and how many sides you add on. The menu is just in Japanese, but you can check it out on their site or the Google pictures listed in maps. I would recommend you doing this ahead of time and just using one of the translation apps to take a picture once you do. That way you can kind of point out what you would like. Lunch is served starting at 11.30 a.m. until 2 p.m. Step one is for you to choose your curry preference. And almost all of the reviews said that medicinal curry is hands down the favorite one that they choose. After that, step two has you choosing your main ingredient options of chicken legs for 1,250 yen, crispy chicken legs for 1,450 yen, sheep, beef, vegetables only, and even just pieces of chicken as an option as well, with a range of 990 yen to 1,450 yen. You can also decide to add on garlic and wasabi in the form of an oil for 50 yen. And then you're on to step three, choosing your level of spiciness. Level five is about 10 times the spiciness level of one and will be one I am avoiding as it adds in a habanero as well. Level three is about five times the spiciness of one with level two and one having no additional cost. The additional spicy levels could run you an additional cost of 100 to 300 yen. And then we're on to that fourth step, picking out toppings. You can choose mushrooms, broccoli, hot spring eggs, quail eggs, cheese, chickpeas, tenderloin, lamb, chicken, and more, all ranging from 100 to 530 yen. Doing a quick bit of translation work through Google and the app will really make sure that you enjoy your time to its fullest potential. I will also say that the reservations ahead of time which I would strongly recommend to make sure that you can keep to your schedule that you set for yourself today. If you're in Japan and Sapporo, they also offer delivery options through Demon and Wolt. I truly feel that this is going to be a hit with our group, as so many people that visit this location say that even if they move away and return after a few years, this is their first meal that they have when they return. For our night, I'm going to recommend exploring the entertainment district of Susukino, considered to be the heart of Sapporo and filled with clubs, pachinko, noodle shops, bars, shopping centers, and so much more. I'll give a word to the wise, though, that just as when you're visiting Tokyo's entertainment districts, that they have red light areas as well. 
And you'll be able to tell that you stumbled into one of these when you notice a bunch of neon lights, bright lights, and signs that have the number 18 on them, as you must be 18 and above to enter the various establishments that are there. This is a time when you're in those areas you need to realize you don't need to stop and be polite to say no. You can keep on walking if someone tries to stop you and just say you're meeting a friend that's already at a bar a bit further away, all without breaking your stride. When you're in those areas, I would not drink on your own, and I would make sure if I chose to, to do so with a friend. You really don't want to spoil your adventure in Sapporo by making some poor decisions. And in my opinion, it's not worth risking getting drugged or having your credit card charged or getting just a bill that it could exceed $1,000 for a short time and little drinks. Now, are the chances of this happening high? No. Japan as a whole is truly safe, but when in these areas, I'd rather be safe than sorry. You can look on your own for Google News stories to see that they do happen, unfortunately, but hey, that goes for anywhere in the world. If you do decide to go to bars or clubs in this area, it's really important to know what you're paying for ahead of time. And if there's a tout trying to get you into the establishment, just skip it. Not worth your time. That's really where you can end up getting into some trouble. Does that mean you shouldn't enjoy this area? Not at all. Just use those street smarts and research ahead of time. If you're going into a location and it doesn't pull up on Google Maps, if it was a ramen restaurant or something of that way, shape, and form, I'm like, all for it. Have a blast. But if you're looking at bars or clubs and hostess clubs and things like that, if it doesn't pull up on a map, I would pass it up completely. There's truly an area of cheap eats and a wonderful place to explore in karaoke in Sapporo. And we're going to talk about this area a little bit more too in February as a lot of the snow festival will take place along this as well. I don't believe that we've gotten a year and a half in of Lost Without Japan with more than 40 episodes together, and we haven't set up karaoke as something to do on our day trip talks. My friends, we're going to remedy this together today and visit Big Echo Asabu, a karaoke bar that's open from 11 a.m. to 6 a.m., and with a website that has options to change it to English as well. To get to this location, we're going to walk from our curry soup restaurant about six minutes to Kitajunjo Station. We're going to take the Namboku line and board the local Makomane train on Platform 1 at 7.33 and go four stops exiting at 7.41 at the Asabu Station at stop in 05 for just 250 yen. From there, it's just a three-minute walk to our next adventure. Not all locations for Big Echo allow for you to bring outside snacks, but this one does, as long as you pick up it completely by yourself and take your trash with you. One other perk is that you have the ability to make reservations ahead of time. They do offer a variety of snacks as well, including noodles, rice, fried chicken, edamame, french fries, and so on. But you're really not coming here for food. Um, you're just coming to have fun with friends and sing. And if you choose to add on some drinks as well, that's up to you. For those of you solo travelers, you can even get your own private room. You can choose from J-pop, English songs, Chinese songs, and Korean songs as well. You could take advantage of their free Wi-Fi. And they have apparently some phone connectors to help with charging if you need as well. 
They also have a party room for up to 20 people. So if you're with a larger group, you can enjoy all of this together. For your time, I'd get snacks ahead of time and bring them with you. They serve a variety of drinks beyond beer. They can involve soda, tea, and Red Bull, along with a carbonated spring water. I'd recommend, however, to save your drink purchases till after your time, as it can become expensive in a relatively short period of time. Have a drink while you're there for your 30 minutes or an hour for sure. Um, but after that, just save your money for wherever you're going to next. They do accept credit card, cash, and many different payment apps. And for me, I would end up using my Suica card with them that you can refill at the train station, where you can max that out at 20,000 yen and then use that to pay for your time. The later it gets, though, please be aware that the per hour fee for room will end up increasing. You can easily extend your night in this area or the others that are around it, but it is nearing 9 p.m. We've had a long day on the ice. We have done quite a bunch of different things, but I think it's time for me to head back to my hotel and stop at a convenience store along the way to grab a snack and beverage before I call it a night, before I can welcome all of you into our group in the AM. For this, you can hop on your train at Asabu Station and take the Nambaku Line five stops back to Sapporo Station's N01 stop, where it's about two minutes more to our hotel, all for a cost of about 250 yen. Next up are the honorable mentions for Sapporo. First up for our unique places to visit in Sapporo is the Sapporo Beer Museum and Sapporo Beer Garden, which is just a 10-15 minute trip from Sapporo Station. The entrance to this museum is free, but there are paid tastings that you can do as well. The museum opens at 11 a.m. and closes at 6 p.m. every day except for Mondays. They do have a few translation devices available in various languages, including English available for rent, and they do have an option on their site to switch it to English as well. If you're going to book a tour with them, please realize it's only in Japanese and needs to be done at least 14 days out. The free option for the museum is just you walking along yourself. And if you get a guided tour, it'll be one that's about 50 minutes. The museum's rental translation devices for those of you going on that solo trip are about 500 yen per person. And after using them at the Hiroshima um, Museum, Peace Museum, I can easily say that they are a great add-on for those of you that aren't able to translate Japanese as you're going along. Cash will be needed though for your payments though, please be aware. The Star Hall is a paid tasting portion of the museum that's open from 11 to 6 p.m. where you can get a single drink or a set of three for a taste test without hurting your pocketbook and even just get a soda if you'd like for 100 yen. We'll go into more detail about the beer garden that is at this location as well in our next talk on Sapporo. My honorable mention for dining is the wholesale seafood and fish market that opened in the 1800s. The Nijo market that opens from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. with some shops and restaurants opening either a little earlier or later. There are over 60 stalls that involve cups of curry soup, sushi, sashimi, noodle dishes, and you can even take a dip at a bathhouse located nearby the curb market at the Sakya Bathhouse. It opens after 1 p.m. when you're done shopping and exploring your way away. 
You can get access to this location by the Subway Tozai Line Station, and it's about a 20 minutes from there to Sapporo Station. Another activity that I looked into, if ice fishing and skiing doesn't pique your interest, but you still want to be outside in Sapporo, is just exploring the Toyoha River Green Space. It's a long stretch of greenery with cycle paths and a water playground for those warmer days. It is also home to frequent events that you may stumble upon as well, and it runs up and down the whole length of the river, so no matter where you are in Sapporo, if you're by the river, you are by this space as well. Our treasure hunt edition for the day is the Sapporo Factory Shopping Mall, also known as Sapporo Factory Brick Building. The location boasts over 160 shops and restaurants, and it's located on the first floor of the Sapporo Factory. And it is located nine minutes by subway and a short walk from the Sapporo Beer Museum we just talked about earlier. It is open daily from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and a wonderful place to explore Japanese fashion or just find some wonderful gifts for yourself or others. We'll go a bit deeper into the shopping area on our next episode as well. For lodging, I looked into the Vessel Hotel Campania Sukino, as it is one of the highest rated lodging options in the area with a 4.5 out of 5, with more than 700 reviews and rooms for single travelers starting at 8,500 yen, with a check-in time of 2 p.m. and a check-out of 11. It's truly nice to find a location that lets you get in before that what seems to be standard 3 p.m. The Chuo Ward is also home to Ramen Alley, and we'll talk a little bit more about this location as well as the Ramen Alley in our next talk. I hope you're excited, as I am, to continue our talk for our next day trip episode on Sapporo as we discuss Winter Festival and so much more. If you'd like to hear us go in more depth about the cities we've discussed or have suggestions for future ones, feel free to reach out to the show directly at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com. We will look forward to move on to our next part two talk of Sapporo in about a month's time. For housekeeping, please give a following, like, and comment on your favorite streaming service. For updates on the show, feel free to give a follow on Instagram at Lost Without Japan or visit lostwithoutjapanlipson.com. If you'd like to reach out directly in that old-fashioned way, you can reach me by email at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com. With winter being the focus of our talks for these episodes, I'd be remiss to not mention Snow Monkey Resorts for your next trip to Japan. Not only is the episode we recorded about skiing and snowboarding in Japan from Season 1 a great resource, but they'll take it to the next level to make sure your next journey to Nagano, Japan will be an unforgettable one. More information can be found at snowmonkeyresorts.com or snowmonkeyresorts on Instagram. Looks like we're ready to call it a night before we begin our adventure as we continue to explore Japan. So, on behalf of Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip, and we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in two weeks for our next episode. To everyone out there, Oginki Day, stay well, my friend. Our song of the show is from Zone. The band Zone sang this song at their final concert at the Vodacon, 10 years after they had last, at a reunion concert, since the lyrics had said that I believe we will see each other again 10 years from it now. Please enjoy this. And if you'd like a link to the song in the video, please look at our show notes for today. 
Thank you all for coming along on this trip. Yeah.